The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Midweek Edition. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for The Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome to the Pinball Show Midweek Edition. I am your host, Craig Bobby, and wow, what another spectacular week we have had in the hobby of pinball with the long-awaited and spectacular release of Jersey Jack's Guns and Roses, and I don't think this game has disappointed many fans for those who have been in eagerly anticipating this latest title from Jersey Jack. It was quite, quite the show that they put on with their reveal, and I thought, you know, if we're going to talk Guns N' Roses, we should really have the TPS Jersey Jack correspondent in Ken Rudberg alongside me here and chatting about this title together. So without further ado, I give you Ken Rudberg. Hey Ken, how you doing? Doing great. I finally got a release from Jersey Jack Pinball, which as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, hadn't happened since I started uh, podcasting. So it's, uh, it's, it feels good. Well, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for uh, for joining me here today on uh, on the midweek edition, while where we break down and give our impressions of uh, of the latest Jersey Jack offering, which of course is the the much anticipated GNR release, Guns and Roses. And uh, were you uh, were you up all night uh, waiting in virtual line for the uh, for the big reveal to drop online? Well, I, I gotta say, I am I'm not surprised it's Guns N' Roses. I don't think anyone is. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, betting action going on on uh, Toy Story uh, towards the end there, but I think everyone, 99% of the people, knew it was going to be GNR, and uh, so it was just great to finally see what it looked like. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about what it could look like, what how they were incorporating songs, how the band was involved, and all of that, and all been really revealed now so that's great yeah and you in your head you you sort of can't envision how it's all going to come together of course now that we've seen it it's uh it's like oh geez that's how they did it but um but you kind of couldn't i couldn't even begin to form um a vision of what they they you know could have done or the direction eric was uh, eric minier the designer was going to take this thing how many times did you watch the reveal video that uh, that JJP uh, dropped when it initially came out? You know, it, it was, to be totally honest, it was kind of hard to tell what was going on. And I don't know if that was a strategy of, hey, we're going to, you know, tease it a bit. And so you could just see a little bit of it. But um, yeah, I watched it a bunch of times because it, you really wanted to kind of freeze on those individual frames where you could see the full play field. Uh, there was definitely a lot of other things going on in that video that weren't related to the play field, which you know, it's a strategy. <laughs> exactly. I was getting a little pissed off. Actually, I was I was watching. I was like, come on, I want to see the damn play field. You know, when it ended, I was like, oh, my God, oh, what the hell was that? I got to, you know, I didn't even see the ball go up a ramp, you know, because you're looking somewhere else. There's so much going on with the game in general um, and in particular in that reveal and, and then the anticipation of it as well. So, so what um, what struck you the most when you first saw it? Like, I know the uh, the hot rails was kind of the thing that stuck out the most when I first looked at it? Well, I, you know, for me, when when I was watching it, I just, the the play field is extremely busy, both in the the amount of um, mechanisms and, uh, and, and things they have packed into it with the art and all the lights. So I found it almost overwhelming to look at it and, to, you know, try and figure out in a minute and a half or however long that uh, initial trailer was. Um, or reveal uh, video was uh, to, to understand actually what was happening or, you know, and how the ball was moving around the play field. Um, so, you know, I was definitely overwhelmed. And so I actually watched it a couple of times and then, and then I kind of was like, okay, I got to step back from this because I, 
I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, at some point you got to kind of say, well, let's wait till the streams come out or at least yeah. uh, some sort of gameplay video where you can tell what the mechs are doing, where the ball's going, what's actually happening. Yeah, and thank God I was at work when it was happening too. So I had a lot of lot of stuff at work going on that day too. So I was able to just kind of watch it and go, okay, well, I'll I'll, I'll review that later. And then and then thankfully, um, you know, it was probably an hour later, maybe it was less, um, when when the straight down the middle video uh, dropped, and and right when it dropped, and I saw that it was twenty five minutes, I was like, oh, thank God, you know. And I and I saw the opening probably two minutes, and I was like, this is what I wanted to see, right? Yeah, Where, exactly. You I know, mean, Zach, he did such a great job with that. Um, him and Greg uh, Bone did such a great job with that video uh, for those guys. That um, yeah, I think that's actually become the kind of like gold standard for gameplay or footage from the game and you know it's got a lot of content behind it too but uh, you know i've seen a lot of people reference that video as if you want to find out what's going on with this game that's what you want to watch yeah and do you think so do you think that video itself and the style of the video because of course there was a lot of chatter when um you know, as Stern announced TMNT, maybe not so much TMNT because that sort of happened pre-COVID when the actual announcement happened, but certainly around Avengers where there was a lot of criticism and um, I don't want to say confusion, but there was a lot of criticism of how Stern revealed that game, uh, starting off with their their standard uh, designer playing the, the, the pinball video, um, which I have to say in looking back on it. So here's what I did last night after uh, just to kind of divert a little bit here in, in what I'm telling you. So I watched the, the straight down the middle video and, and got a really good handle of this. Then I, I rewatched their, their one and a half minute uh, reveal video. And then I thought, you know what, how does this stack up to the Avengers thing? Cause you know, it's been a while. It, I'm trying not to watch that too much as I'm waiting for my own game. I'm, I got to watch the Avengers thing again and watch it. And it's 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 actually shocking how I don't want to say pedestrian, but straightforward those reveal videos are. In some ways, I'm going to argue, you know, they're not as exciting, but they do show a potential buyer or. Um, enthusiasts the the title without all the flash that, that the GNR video had you know so so it was much easier to understand it I would say initially um, but not as sexy by any means I mean that GNR video you know f is head to toe you know a, a sexy adult <laughs> as sexy as sexy an adult a reveal as they've as as pinball seen in a while you know so yeah it's and, a little... and not and not in a gratuitous way but it was you know it's definitely an adult title you know well, right yeah, and it's, it's a little bit ironic coming from jersey jack who's for a long time maintained mm -hmm. that they are about family friendly titles like wizard of oz and willy wonka and you know i i totally commend them for moving on to titles that people really want but uh but yeah that's that video i thought fit the machine well but didn't show you a whole lot of the play field and i think in some ways that's a great strategy because the the videos are going to come out you know all over the place uh mm -hmm. in the future and they're going to have a plenty opportunity to show you what's on the play field you're gonna have countless streams of people playing it so why not make that first video more about the excitement of the game and really getting that buying frenzy going because really that was right yeah. around the time where people were putting their orders in so that's what you want to you want to do is build up that that FOMO and that hey I got to get this game now while I still can this is the most amazing thing ever and you know, a gameplay video like the one that came out from Stern is great for people who want to know what's going on. But it's it's more of a an accounting type view of the pinball. Like, here's what it does. Yes. Here you go. Versus the, like you said, the sexy video from Jersey Jack. Hard for me to even understand that I'm saying that. But the, the sexy video from Jersey Jack that shows just enough to get you excited. Yeah, and it and it really does. I think it was a great example in that minute and a half video of how much that company has changed since the Willy Wonka reveal that they did. You were saying now was Willy Wonka revealed 
Pinside is saying 2019, but to me that that thing feels like it was 2018. Did they reveal it in 2018 and start shipping in 2019, or or is was 2019 accurate in terms of when it was revealed? Yeah, I mean, I didn't start podcasting until October, so it, um, it, I think it was you know a little bit before that, but it must mm-hmm. have easily been 2019. Yeah, it feels it feels a lot longer. Okay. I think everything now that we're in COVID feels uh, feels distant in the past. You know, yeah. much much further back. But wow, didn't they? change the way they they um they wanted to do things and it couldn't have been more evident from uh, from that video you know they certainly i think have been doing their homework which i think is extremely exciting because if you don't think these companies are paying attention to people that are doing podcasts and and customer feedback and other people in the industry these companies are absolutely paying attention you know ken cromwell our special one lit mentor and founder along with bill webb Ken is an example, again, of how I think this company has changed in hiring a guy like Ken, who is at the top of his game from a communications um, and um, marketing perspective. And, you know, he studied or has been in the industry studying it um, for some time, both as an enthusiast and then as 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 a podcaster. Um, So I you can see that they have been listening to him. Um, in the way this, you know, this game was revealed in the way he thought it should be revealed based on all the feedback and probably from what he himself would have wanted to see when he was outside of the, you know, outside of the manufacturing industry part of it. Um, what he want, would want to have seen as a hobbyist and collector from a company like Jersey Jack. Yeah, completely. And, uh, you know, I got to say, when he moved from that podcast to Jersey Jack, of course, it was, you know, sad that he was leaving the podcast that he had been on for so long and participated and developed. But, you know, I thought, hey, I'm going to get some great inside scoops on Jersey Jack and uh, got to say, it hasn't happened. He's left you high and dry. <laughs> yeah, Thanks I a lot, Ken. Listen, I totally get it. That's his uh, livelihood and his <laughs> his uh, loyalty has to be to his, uh, his company now and not his prior podcast mates but um come on ken hook me up with toy story news something exactly uh, i, I need help here gnr signed slash signed posters something for god's <laughs> sakes i'll, I'll take it i'll do i'll take whatever you can give <laughs> No, but we're happy for Ken, and and uh, I was very pleased, as much as anything, um, to know that I, that he had a big hand in that reveal and the way it was uh, rolled out to the general public, and I think to uh, to much fanfare and excitement. And clearly, they have a hit on their hands. I believe the CE, if it's not sold out, it's uh, damn near close to being sold out uh, as of the first uh, first day, and. Um, I'm sure if you're really scrambling, you might be able to find one from a distributor somewhere, someplace. But uh, for the most part, I understand they are pretty much gone. And I'm sure they probably could have sold double the uh, the number of those uh, titles if they um, if they had chose to, but uh, in the CE version. But that's what a CE is all about. And uh, the limited nature of their uh, of their design means they're going to go quickly if you got a hot title, which this clearly, clearly is. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, it sounds like some of the CEs are they're, they're, they're in such high demand that some of the the distributors are having a hard time keeping track of who's got them and who's not. <laughs> who's on first? <laughs> yeah, who? How many are going to be available? Um, who's you know in that five hundred people who are going to get one? Who the who those people are? And it sounds like Jersey Jack is even reaching out to the distributors to find out you know, the names of the people that are on those lists so that they can make sure that people aren't scalping and kind of, you know, hoarding titles to flip later. Yeah, which, you know, I, I guess that's good. They're trying to do the right thing there. But, um, it, you know, if there was a criticism of that reveal, that would probably be, you know, the buying part of it, which is which is interestingly, uh, you know, a very important part to these things. Um that probably could use quite a bit of, uh, of rework. But I'm not sure people ultimately are going to remember that at, at the end of the day. I mean, it, it's it's hot right now. But but when people look back on it, they're not going to say, oh, and I remember when GNR came out and there was such a fuck up when I tried to buy one. And, uh, you know, those those will get swept under the rug over over time. And as people calm down a little bit, I, I believe so. But lessons learned, you know, like, uh, you know, if they didn't think they had a hot title on their hand uh, before 1, 1 p.m. 
uh, Eastern time yesterday. Boy, they they sure figured that out at one oh five. And you got to uh, understand that they, you know, they've never experienced this before. This mm-hmm. is uh, this kind of caught them off guard this in some uncharted way. territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's a good problem to have for a company that more people want your product than you can even think about producing or what you're going to do about it. But what do you think about the the questions people have about, you know, jacking up the numbers from 500 to say 750 or a thousand? They've yeah, been known they to do that do in that. the past. And yeah. I think that would really uh, upset a lot of the CE buyers. I think what they're going to do or what they could do just again to, to split hairs a little bit here down the road is do subsequent releases of the LE um, in you know, different colors, kind of like they did with Waz, but it'll never be called the CE again. Um, but they could do different versions of the the LE um, and, you know, fancy them up a little bit, it, you know, with different, different whatever, um, color, paint, kind of like they did with, with Wizard of Oz, I guess. As long as they're not calling it the CE, you know, I'd be shocked if this, if they don't exceed their 5,000 piece limited edition order run. I'm sure, you know, they'll be thrilled if they go through that. But but I got to think based on the amount of interest in this game and the broad appeal of a, of a band like GNR, um, that they're going to they're going to blow through that 5,000 uh, piece number on the LE side. Not instantly, I'd say, because you can still get an LE, but but I got a feeling, you know, it won't take them long to, to, to get to chunk chunk their way through that. Yeah. And, you know, I, you got to wonder uh, how many people outside of pinball are going to be kind of drawn to this based on the, the property of it being GNR yeah, and wonder, Flash being right? so involved. You know, like I, I got a, a message from one of my buddies that I haven't talked to for a while. And he said, hey, look, there's a Guns N' Roses pinball machine coming out. And I'm like, yeah, that's thanks for the info. I I knew that already, but I appreciate it. And he's not somebody who's looking up pinball information. He just saw it out there in the world and let me know about it. So if this is happening with him, it's it's going to be happening with a lot of people. I agree. You know, this is going to catch the attention of because it's GNR, because Slash was so heavily involved, like anybody that's a music fan and likes, you know, rock and roll music, this is, you know, they're going to hear about this pin. Anybody that likes uh, isn't a guitar enthusiast because of Slash's involvement? They're going to hear about this pin. Think about all the music titles. I was trying to think about this, Ken, later. You know, because there's been a little bit of criticism going into this about you know why GNR. Da, da, da. First of all, the band is had a 500 million dollar world tour in their not in this lifetime tour, setting world records for that. So so you know, there's appeal right there. The question is, are those are those same GNR fans that paid, call it 250 or $300 to be at the uh, Not In This Lifetime tour, are they going to plunk down 10 grand for a GNR pinball machine? Yeah, and of course, that's a stretch. But when you think about the base of music fans there are and the base of Guns N' Roses fans there are, it only takes a tiny fraction of those people to get into a... Uh, uh, new Guns N' Roses pinball machine, play it for a bit and, and understand that, you know, pinball's still alive and well. There's modern pinball and it uh, can be pretty amazing. And now they're a pinball fan. They're buying new games. Um, the overall pinball buying market is such a tiny fraction of that buying yes. pop public for music that um, it doesn't take much to grow the, the hobby because it's so small to begin with. So when you're trying to pick a music title, they're like, okay, we're going to do a music theme. What are we going to do? You know, clearly this title has been in the works for some time. But if you're going to pick any one, you know, call it music based theme, think about it that would appeal to the demographic. Let's let's be generous and say 30 to 60, right? You're not going to do a Taylor Swift, right? You're not going to do a Justin Bieber. You're not going to probably do a Drake. You know, like these are the these artists are geared to a younger audience, right? Who who for the most part aren't going to be interested in buying a ten thousand dollar toy for themselves, right? I mean, I'm sure they'd love to, but they but do they have the wherewithal to do it? Pro- probably not in most cases. So of that thirty to sixty demo, name the bands that would have a, you know as broad an appeal. And that have been a popular over the years, you know, as a band as GNR. So 
let's let's even just look at the titles that have been done already. So Beatles, right? Stern did the Beatles a while back. That was a that was a great title. Um, I thought it was a great uh, a great pin. I don't think it sold as well as they wanted to, but I the, the price probably dictated that a little bit. And it was a bit. I'm going to say just it was. I thought it was a great pin, but it was a bit quirky, right? So um, it wouldn't necessarily be your first choice to to you know plunk down your money for a pinball machine because it was, had a very retro vibe to it, right? I totally. thought it was super yeah, cool. And that super that cool. was the well way they but. designed it from the beginning to be from that era. Um, there were there were questions back then whether that was the right way to go. Um, but you know, I think the appeal was limited mainly yeah. by its relatively simple design and its relatively steep cost, and probably did yes. not help that that the Diamond Edition existed at all. Yeah, exactly. And so, so you got the Beatles, they've done ACDC, which, which I know is very popular. And again, a great choice, because I think it fits that demographic perfectly. Metallica. So I thought, again, just to come full circle, that the selection of GNR for their for a title with without even Slash's involvement in that was was a great choice for them. I mean, again, who, who else are you going to choose with that broadened appeal and that big a fan base? Yeah, everything really came together with that choice. Uh, I know you you mentioned Slash's involvement, and that, I think, is way more valuable than a lot of people realize. Just having not just his promotion, but all of the access to the assets, because that's really been the Achilles heel of many of the machines coming out lately. They just don't have the assets. And uh, as it's been shown time and time again, the more assets and better assets you have, the more that people are going to embrace that theme. And uh, as everybody has seen recently, uh, theme is everything when it comes to pinball. Pretty shocking when they were talking about in that straight down the middle, just how many assets they had. They almost had, geez, when I started hearing it, I'm like, it's almost too much. Like, how did they go through all that stuff and decide what they were going to keep and not keep? So it was a plethora of, uh, they went from, you know, being apologetic, which you often hear with all this stuff. I mean, their last release, Willy Wonka, there's a lot of, not apologies by Jersey Jack, but, but, but surely behind the scenes, they were, they were, uh, you know, mumbling under their breath that, yeah, well, we would have loved to put that in, but we didn't have it. We would have loved to have done that, but we didn't have it, you know? So I think that was, I, it had to have been right at the top of their list that no matter what asset they got, they needed all of it, you know, like they needed full access and certainly Slash's involvement gave that in spades, like in spades. The fact they got all the band members involved in the thing too, I mean, really quite shocking what, the, what they were able to do and even paved the way in licensing of some of the songs like the story tells with Paul McCartney. Yeah. Unbelievable, like unbelievable. In areas that would have been full stop roadblocks for a lot of other companies. Um, they were able to, you know, get over a lot of, uh, a lot of barriers there to there. So, so bravo to all that, you know, is this going to, you know, is there reveal in general? Do you think the, the reveal of this game in general can, is that going to change how games are revealed in the future? Do you think? Well, I think it goes to show that uh, you don't need to be at a show to reveal a game. You've mm-hmm. got, the internet which it's hard to believe how little that has been embraced i mean pinball is an old school hobby and maybe that's part of it but uh, it's kind of shocking isn't it when you think about it i i I agree it's it's completely shocking yeah and you can do such a better job of of you know streaming a video than you can of you know having a sheet over a, a game at a show and pulling that off and then trying to you know, demonstrate it live. That's just not the way other industries do it. And I I don't think that anyone missed not being able to see this in that fashion. It's, and I think this kind of circles back to you, Ken, I think in terms of the internet and how they are doing the purchasing of these games. And, you know, JJP is at a little bit of a crossroads here, I'd say, in terms of having both distributors who are out in the field, promoting these games, servicing these games, selling these games on their behalf, and then also allowing potential buyers to purchase directly from JJP. Maybe it was it was conceived for markets that don't have a big distributor base. You know what I mean? Like South America, I don't know how many distributors are there, parts of Europe, Russia, I mean, 
Japan, like Japan, who know who knows, right? In in these different countries, certainly up here in Canada, there's basically one big one, and then and then a, and then a couple little small guys. Um, so you know, they are at a bit of a crossroads in terms of how they um, they go to market with some of these titles, and it'll be interesting to see how they how they do things going forward and and what they've learned from this reveal. I, I'm sure they're going to tweak things, and and undoubtedly it it could be a little smoother. I think just smoothing it out a little bit and and cutting down on the confusion, setting the rules, letting letting people know upfront what to expect and what the deal is, that'll go a long way. You know, even if the rules are slightly wacky, if you tell people upfront, at least they know where they stand. You know, but we, everyone kind of went into it a, a little bit blind. You know. It felt like everyone was flying by the seat of their pants, including Jersey Jack at at some point. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there there are difficulties with getting the the title that you or the version of the title that you want. And that is never a good thing when you're producing a product that people want to buy and you can't give it to them. So hopefully that'll all get sorted out. And tough for their distributors too, right? Like you know, you 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 do your damnedest. These things, it's like it's like a lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse. They only happen once every couple of years, so everyone wants to capitalize on it. It's like shit. When's the next Jersey Jack game coming out? Who the hell knows? We better make the make the most of it. So they're calling people and getting everyone all hyped up, and then to not be able to, you know, give everybody what they want, I think is. Um, is tough. So anyway, not not to linger on that too much. So should we get into the game itself? What, what yeah, do you let's think? let's talk about the game and all this stuff. So we, you know, we were we were watching today. I think you were watching as well the Buffalo live stream of the of the title um, that was that was playing today, and and we got to see the game sort of in in live action, unscripted action. You know, my first thought was you can't not be amazed and blown away by the light show. I mean, the the lights on this game are to a level that is so spectacular, I was thinking, that you can't, it's almost too much. Like everyone's been crying out, I think, over the years for better lighting and more and more this, more that. Jersey Jack's always been known for having great lighting effects, but this goes so above and beyond anything I think that anybody's ever seen in a, in a pin. It it was it, it's absolutely insane when this game gets going. Yeah, I I totally agree, and um, that was definitely the first thing that hit me when I saw the video was those hot rails, but God. just the sheer number of LEDs, which I totally get. Uh, LEDs are you know one of the cheapest parts of the pinball machine, and it's so yeah, if, load if you can up. do more for this, you know, yeah. not much more money, just go crazy. But six hundred, I could not believe that there were more than six hundred. I mean, it's so over the top. And and ludicrous. I was thinking that as I was watching the game, like, well, good luck trying to see an insert lighting up during one of the, one of the one of the songs that are playing because there's just so much flashing stuff going on. You, yeah. it's going to be a title, I think, because of all the distraction in it, both with the amount of art they've put in it, the amount of mechanisms, all the lights. There's no doubt when you get this game that you're going to be a little lost initially, and the menus that you got to go through, you're you're going to be lost. But and that's okay. I mean, that'll speak, I think, a little bit to the longevity of the game as well, because it's going to take you a little bit of time to get acclimatized to this and seeing those lights do their thing. Initially, you're going to be blown away. You're not going to know what the hell's going on. But I, you know, over time, hopefully, you'll acclimatize to that, and and uh, and it'll become somewhat normalized although i you know i dare you to go back and look at an, another game it's going to seem like what's going on you know because it's gonna it's gonna seem so plain and yeah like, and you know, what's I've, happening there's nothing happening here you know yeah well i think that's that's what they were trying to go for uh why not go over the top with this title when they have all these assets and you know i've seen comments people people saying you need welder's goggles to watch this game and yeah it's so true and you know it's interesting though when i'm watching the lights i was really trying to pay attention just from like pure flashes the 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 programming on these things not to be too in awe of it but it's it's so subtle too like they can change they can do really quick short little flashes that are very subtle um you know, in all spectrums, or they can, you know, they can go in certain modes where there was like a battle mode they were showing where it was like a red demon versus a robot. And so all the LED lights in the game go to red, right? And it changes the entire look of the game. And then other times it's white and very bright. And then so, you know, it gives them so many options, um, so many programming options that it must be like a dream come true uh, in some ways, you know, to be able to pretty much do whatever. 
Absolutely. And I, I even heard that, you know, it, it, depending on what the album cover art is for each of the songs, they're going to make the lights match what that is. So, Incredible. you know, after a while, you're going to be able to tell what mode you're in just by what lights are going on. And I think there is a huge uh, potential for home use with this game. I know that there there's always been criticism for pirates that it's too complicated nobody knows what to do there's all these characters you got to pick but that's what just that's what makes it great for home use and not so great for location so i'm wondering you know what are they going to do for say the standard edition to to hopefully make it clear for people that are are on location stepping up to the machine they just want to see their favorite band they want to hear their favorite songs Mm -hmm. and they want to play some pinball but they also don't want to have to follow a complicated uh rule Rule that they they don't know anything about yeah it'll be interesting and i think was it was it the straight down the middle middle video where they said that the programmers and the designers played that se version quite a bit um somewhat because of that right like there was maybe they didn't have it as a ce version readily available uh when they were designing it so a lot of the times they were playing that se version and uh and we're saying you know the flow on that game was a little more simplified um, and maybe got a little a little quicker or was a little faster versus some of the stop and go stuff that we were seeing in the in the live stream you know yeah which is which is really interesting because you know jersey jack you know a couple i don't know how many years back had always maintained that you know every version of the game was going to have the same basic stuff in it and they weren't going to branch out and have separate models with separate rules and separate mechs um i mean it makes sense that they would kind of change that approach going forward because of the demand of the market but it's interesting to see how different the the standard and uh le and ce versions of this game are yeah and it'll be interesting to see that se version streamed um as well i'd love to see how the how the play is uh is different um because like you said clearly it is going to be different is there was there a twippy last year for best light show is there a uh is is this the best light show ever in a pinball machine? Do you think? Is there any any doubt that this is? Yeah, no, I think I think there's no doubt. I mean, just looking at it uh, from a thirty second clip, you can tell this is a, to a different different level. This is this seems more modern. It seems like a different beast than some of these. Well, in many anything that came before it, I think they were kind of leading towards it a little bit with uh, some of the lighting on Willy Wonka. But this definitely is over the top. I mean, I thought the light show and dialed in and Willy Wonka was impressive. Just, you know, you say what you will about the games, but there's no doubt they've uh, they've been the leaders in the light show uh, parade. And this is is this is is this GNR, do you think, going to change the way other pinball manufacturers uh, program their lights and with the number of lights they're going to put in their game. Does it, is this a game changer on the light side or is this going to be a kind of a, almost an oddity in the world of pinball? Well, I, like I, I kind of re- re- referenced earlier about LEDs being so cheap. I, I think LED counts will go up just because it's a relatively inexpensive thing to put into a game compared to say a new me- a type of mech or uh, some uh, complicated piece of uh technology that's going to require a lot of programming so i think that's going to happen but i think i'm I'm trying to think of all of the things that guns and roses has put into it that uh, kind of lead towards that comment that was made about innovation Mm -hmm. and you know it's hard to point out an individual mech or an individual piece of technology that shows the innovation but i think it's pretty clear, like just stepping up to this and looking at what's in front of you and seeing the entire package that this really does innovate on a lot of different levels to kind of come to that whole package of, you know, I I think Slash said it best when he said we wanted to recreate a Guns N' Roses show in a pinball machine. Yeah, Yeah. And I think that's what they were able to accomplish. And you know, for a long time, people have been talking about wanting some of those pinball moments that they were able to experience, you know, in some of the the older games where it feels like something special is happening. And I think this game provides that all over the place. Well, in the end, it absolutely does. I mean, every time you choose an album or a song on this on this thing, you are going to be treated to a spectacular show of lights. And so there's your moment right there. And, and of course, there's going to be different moments Um 
in in a light show throughout the game as well so i think you're absolutely right i mean the it's going to create moments all over the place and it's interesting you wouldn't think that lights in themselves could do that but clearly with the technology available today and the number of leds they put in the lights i mean they just they just prove that it absolutely can be done and again a little surprising that it hasn't been done previously but what the hell someone's got to lead the charge you know so why not let it be uh BJJP and uh, and Bravo, you know, and hopefully other um, other companies take note and uh, and put more in, in in subsequent releases, you know. Yeah, and they also kind of capitalized on some of the things that Jersey Jack is already known for, like their sculpts and additional details. I think mm-hmm. you know, it it's hard to imagine that you know having a base string return ramp costs that much more than a regular <laughs> ramp. But the fact that they're looking at that level of detail, you know, they've got a guitar pick uh, spinner and they've got drumsticks for another ramp. It's it doesn't seem like it's it costs that much more, but it provides this whole extra layer of polish that I think some of these other games are missing. And I feel in some ways that it's really a missed opportunity for the other companies to, you know, just put in that little extra and you're going to make people really happy and come back and buy another machine down the road where if you're really trying to strip down to the bare minimum of what people will accept that puts you at risk i think in the future compared to your competitors well i thought and it was really nice i think to have jjp regain their title as the most lavish and call it over the top and packed manufacturer of pinball machines you know what i'm trying to say like i i i think many for many people certainly when waz came out they showed what was capable and then they went through this period with um you know hobbit dialed in willy wonka where they they were i'd say they were under people's expectation they weren't they weren't quite reaching what people had thought was possible and what they were showed with the wizard of oz you know they 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 reached such a high plateau with wizard of oz and then couldn't sort of sustain it and now i feel like they're back there again you know like they've they've almost come full full circle and said okay remember what what this was like well here you go in a in a in a rock pin yeah and i think this is really a good place for them because when you look at it you know there's not a ton of super expensive mechs in this game and I feel like it's a step up from Willy Wonka, but it's, you know, maybe at a sustainable place, whereas Wizard of Oz probably wasn't. This this might be a place that they could continually produce games at where you're really going to be head and shoulders above the competition, but you're also not going to be uh, producing such an expensive game that you're not making any money. Yes, exactly. So there's going to be, a, it'll be interesting to see if they can walk that line. And certainly they've got, new ownership uh, with some much needed cash injection into the company, which has breathed new life into everything there with a new facility, new employees, new, new directions, all that good stuff. And so I'm very, very pleased that it seems like right out of the gate, all that seems to be paying off for them. And, uh, and hopefully it's paying off in their bottom line as well. So they can continue to do this going forward for sure. What did you think in watching the stream? I mean, so clearly if you're a fan of light shows, this is your title. If you're a fan of of rock and roll music, you you know, I'd say this is your title. How about the multi-balls that we were seeing in there? Did it feel not feel like to you that maybe half the stream was was a multi ball? <laughs> I, I saw a lot of multi balls going on here. Yeah, no, it it almost looked like you were you were in multi ball more than you were in single ball play. Which that's what I felt too. I'm like another multi ball, another multi ball. Like it was like you know, I which which sorry to cut you off there i mean i i love a good multi-ball as much as anybody i mean turtles has uh, some great multi-ball modes but it's like it's almost too much again like do we have to have a multi-ball every every minute that i'm playing the game yeah and i i know that the the way that the rules are set up it's it's meant to be a kind of a risk versus reward where you could either start multi-ball or not start multi-ball but from everything that I've seen, that's where the points are. So it's a mm-hmm. little bit disingenuous to say you don't have to start the multi-ball. You could stay single ball when, you know, you're going to be hurting yourself if you do that. So, yeah. Um, and I'm sure play, it'll be interesting to see playing the game, you know, how it feels when you're playing it. If it feels like the multi-ball is 
throwing you off or slowing for sure it slows the flow down of the game because you can't you know you can only control so many balls on the on the play field at one time it's a bit it's a bit hair splitting but i think when you're when you know as as some other people have stated i think for the average player um or for the novice player it's a ton of a ton of fun but for people that maybe are a little more a little more savvy it might get is frustrating the right word or how would you feel about it when 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 you were watching? Did you think it was too 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 much? It's it's almost like like exactly it's too much. It's it's overload, and sometimes you want to just really focus and get that flow going. Get your I shots mean, going. Right? Multi ball yeah. really kills flow. It doesn't help yeah. flow. And so if you want, if you don't want to play a stop and go game, then multi ball is not really gonna. Um, make that happen for you that's gonna really slow things down so and there was yeah for sure Uh, and there was it's for sure a lot of stop and go in this game right like a lot of going to menus selecting songs you don't have to necessarily but there was a lot of opportunity i felt like to to you know make a shot especially up that center scoop like you make the center you know it kind of like it's everything starts and ends in that center scoop shot um where it goes up there and then you stop okay i gotta choose an album okay game starts again and away you go i'm sure you you can flip through it once you get to know it pretty pretty quickly and some of what we saw on the stream of course is them trying to explain to everybody what's going on and how they're entering modes and how you select and stuff like that so it slows everything way way down so we're, we're being a little maybe we're being a little a little hypercritical of things but but I did note that there seemed to be if you want a multi ball, just wait thirty seconds in this game because there's another there's another there's another one coming. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess it it even goes to the point of like everybody, most people are a multi ball fan, but like how much is too much? Yeah, it, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, this whole game I think is focused around like like in Spinal Tap, turning that amp up to eleven in every every way. It seems like from the art package to the light show to the multi ball to the to the assets. I mean, it's all it's all, <laughs> all died dialed way way up, which is what GNR is all about, right? It's like take take it to the limit, take it to the limit. Yeah, and so other than the multi balls, what do you think of the the gameplay on that stream? Did it look fun to play to you or how, how did the shots look? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say like we were saying, I, I'm not going to call it the, a flow master. But, you know, you know, who has a really good take on this, I thought, and for someone who hadn't watched watched the stream uh, yet was uh, was Travis Murray on his uh, Marv Loco YouTube channel. I, I thought he had a very balanced early um, impression of this game where he I don't think he was overly critical, but he pumped the brakes a little bit just to say, okay, here's what this game's going to give you. And here's, here's what this game's going to be about. Here's what this game's not going to be about. And I think what it's not going to be about is that, you know, and he referenced Avengers um, and I haven't played it yet. So I, so I don't know, but you know, the super flowy get, you know, three balls going on a ramp at the same time type of type of machine, just by the way it's designed. And, and it wasn't, maybe ever meant to be that type of machine right is that is that how you sort of uh took it as well yeah you can't be every machine to every person you can't be a flow game and a stop and go game and people like different types of things and i think they kind of went back to their originating idea of let's make this a concert and how do we do that and that doesn't necessarily lend itself well to creating this flow game uh where you're you know hitting ramps to next ramps and things like that you're you're having to achieve specific things and like you said start albums and figure out where you are i i mean it it did it looked complicated on the stream uh, which i know that they were trying to maybe make it a little simpler but um you know that that stuff comes with getting used to the machine and getting to, to play it. Um, so hopefully that'll kind of sort itself out over time. Yeah, and it's and they've 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 shown, and I think it's been shown even with Avengers how and and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles how complicated these new games are getting, right? How deep the rule sets are, and so it's going to take time for a new user to be able to figure out how to navigate through all all of these things. And and GNR again is just another example of that of how. For the average player who steps up to the game, they're going to get to see some multi balls. They're going to get to see some crazy light shows. They're not going to know what the hell is going to happen, you know, is happening, but they're going to love it. And I think 
that is great for pinball right there. And then, and then as you know, people continue to play that title, if you were an owner, um, you know, you're going to navigate your way through that and streamline it just like you would a video game or any other electronic device that you get to know that's, that's complicated, right? You're going to, you're going to skirt your way through all these things and, uh, and streamline it. Is this title going to shoot better than the Avengers? Do you think Ken, or is that maybe a, you know, is it even fair to compare the two titles Avengers versus GNR here? Yeah. I, I don't think it's really fair to compare them. Um, it depends on what your definition of shooting well is. If it means you have interesting shots and you have different ways to approach it. Guns and Roses might actually be better in that regard. But if you're looking for like how the ramps feel and how satisfying the shots are, maybe Avengers will be better. I, I obviously haven't played either, so I don't know which shoots better in my opinion, but I think different people will have different opinions about which shoots better. I don't think there's going to be a bunch of clunky shots in this game like some other games have had so i I think it's really up to the individual player yeah and they're and they really are two different types of games aren't they i mean the the gnr is the probably the best example of an integrated extremely well-themed music pinball machine right i mean like you were saying they the whole design was to put you in a concert setting packed down into into that pinball play field and they've they've done that extremely extremely well where the avengers i don't want to say it's more of a traditional but you know it's a comic book themed pinball machine with lots of crazy fun ramps and great comic book art and and fun comic book style animations so you know you can't even necessarily compare the two about which one is better like you said it just depends on what you're what you're interested in that particular moment or uh, or day or what you want to see in your house you know do you want to see a music pin and you want to hear the gnr music every time you step up to play with probably longer ball times um you know because of the style of the, of the gameplay or do you want to have a little bit more of an aggressive shooter in the avengers that takes you into the comic book world and have that Fuck, I want both of them. Honestly, I. I <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say uh, that. That's the question I want to know. Do you, uh, in seeing Guns and Roses, do you now have any regrets about your decision to pick up an Avengers? You know, I, I have to be completely honest. I, I had, and I had a couple of, uh, a couple of, um, uh, I don't want to say panicked, but slightly depressed uh, text to Zach saying, "Am I feeling crazy here in in my regret in going with Avengers versus GNR?" You can't not help in seeing GNR feeling like, "Wow, this is the gr- you know the greatest pinball machine that maybe has ever been <laughs> has ever been ever been produced." And I'm sure a lot of people are feeling that, right? And I think that's fantastic. Um, so that was part of what I was doing when I was going back and I was comparing some of the gameplay for the Avengers and looking at some of the gameplay for for GNR and trying to again wrap my head around the themes and you're trying to envision all this stuff in your home and 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 sort of the long-term playability and at at a certain point you know you just got to throw your hands up and say look you're in good hands with Keith Elwin and Zombie Yeti as much as you're in good hands with you know Eric Minyard and the rest of the the guys over at JJP I don't think there's a bad choice, honestly. Like, there's no, there's no right or wrong to this, to this argument, you know. And and there may be a day where I'm like, fuck, I wish I really had a a, a GNR pin here because I really want to hear some music and see that light show. And and there'll be other days where I'm like, oh, I want to shoot that ramp and and you know go up down in the subway and you know and and see all the all the Marvel characters come come to life in a pinball machine. Yeah, I think you're you're totally right. There's not a bad choice here, which is. You know, when looking back over the last few years, there's been a lot of places where you could have made the wrong choice, like clearly made the wrong choice. Yes. Um, and I think it's amazing that we're at this level from more than one company and they're kind of battling it out for what game is better and how, who, you know, what do you want in your house? Like that is like the ultimate goal that we've been looking for for forever and it means that the uh the market is back to a level where there's competition and that there's choice and i think that's amazing and i and i and i think it's again it's an example of how these companies are listening to 
um, their customers and are trying to give them more and be innovative in terms of the themes that they're they're getting licenses for and how those things are integrated. Let's not forget about Rick and Morty and what they showed us early in the year and the way they integrated that animated TV show and all the fervor and um, and hype that that game generated earlier this year. Um, it's going to be a really interesting twippy um, season this year, I think, for you know, all these different categories and in particular, which category is going to take game of the year? Who, who do you think? Let's, let's, let's fast forward a little bit here. Who do you think based on what we've seen so far would be, would be game of the year? So based on what you've seen? Well, you know, it's tough to say after such a recent release of GNR, but in just looking at the uh, feedback and looking at just the reaction to these games, I, I got to say it's going to be GNR, um, which I think is great for JJP. Um, and part of what we haven't really talked about right now, which I think is absolutely critical to the success of this game, which seems to have happened, is the ability for them to ship this game from day one with full yes. code. I mean, when was the last time you have had uh, or heard of a title that nobody knew for sure what it was going to be, even if they it was heavily rumored, that had full code that was available on day one. And Jersey Jack has not been that company that's been known to do that in the past. And if, if they are known for doing that now, I think, you know, sky's the limit on what they're able to do. Geez, they haven't even been known as a company that can actually get games out in a reasonable amount of time. I mean, we've been so fixated on companies like Deep Root, they can't even get off the launch pad that we've sort of forgotten that JJP has had their share of tr uh, manufacturing troubles over the years as well. Um, and so it would seem based on this reveal that they've certainly done their homework and let's hope that's translated as well into the manufacturing side of things. I think having, a, you know, taking their time on this release, whether that was delayed because of they were trying to get a few more machines off the line or whether they just wanted a little distance from some of the deep root and stern reveals that happened in September, who knows, but uh, let's hope that their manufacturing process has made equal strides to what they've done in the design of this uh, of this GNR pinball machine. Yeah, I think that's that's the big question. Um, can people get their games on time? It's and, really the final question, right? Yeah. Can they get their games on time? And are they going to be held up to the the standard of quality that people expect or, or, or are hoping for? Um, you know, there were issues with Willy Wonka and people having to get new play fields. And if that's not a winning combination for a successful <laughs> pinball company. And so hopefully they've, you know, figured out what those issues are and have been able to take care of them. But uh, that remains to be seen. Time will tell, right? Um, you'd, you'd, it, I really do hope through and through that this company has, again, come back to where I think most people have them placed in their own minds, which is a high-end, high-quality uh, pinball machine manufacturing company where you are going to pay top dollar, but you're also going to get what you pay for in both their manufacturing quality and in the amount of assets they're putting in their machines to, like you said, the sculpts on the mechs and the artwork that it seems like, um, you know, is all all present. So so like we were saying, the final step now is that all critical manufacturing process. And we'll see how long it takes them to start filling all of these uh, hundreds and and probably thousands of orders they are now now getting. Do you think someone was standing there on the line just sort of waiting for the first order to drop and they're like, okay, put the, put the play field together and get the goddamn thing going? And <laughs> well, I noticed there were a bunch of pictures of people standing, or Eric especially, standing with a, a bunch of boxes around him. Um, I, I'm wondering, okay, well, there were, there were 10 boxes in the picture with him. Was there hundreds of more boxes behind him that we couldn't see? Or was there... I didn't see anybody putting machines together. I was like, people get better, better get the fuck going here because there's there's orders coming down the pipe, you know? Let's get going, everybody. Well, and JJP may not have uh, been prepared for that. Like, they haven't been, like, under this crush of orders ever in their in their history. So what it, are you prepared for that? You, you can only build so many in such a short period of time. And with all of these re new releases coming out, you got to really strike while the iron's hot and get those games out as quickly as possible. 
I would so love to know how many orders they received on this first time. Wouldn't it be fascinating to see like, all right, the first day we got 2,000 orders, 500 of which were, CC, were CEs, and then a variety of you know special editions and a variety of the standards. I mean, we'll never know the answer to that question, but I'd, I'd, love, to, I'd love to hear it. I bet it's more than that. How many do you think they sold day one of this thing? You know, I'm not going to even hazard a guess. Um, you know, it's it's we know a it's lot. Five hundred at them. least. <laughs> um, it might not be a lot compared to how many Stern sell in a typical cycle. It's how many do you think Avengers sold? Ah, uh, who knows? But what what I do know <laughs> with a pre- you know pretty good certainty is that uh, they're going to continue the tradition of the standard edition being the most rare and. Uh, Okay, maybe not sought after edition, but the most rare edition, because when you look at what is put into the LE over the standard, um, it's, you know, I think it's been a little bit questionable in the past that is it worth that extra money? But I I don't think it's that questionable in this particular case. What do you think? Wouldn't it be ironic if the SE actually was the true CE? Uh, Well, that's what they've been saying about some of their other titles. So wouldn't that be hilarious if they actually sold less CEs than than the collector's edition. And then so by that very nature, that actually is worth more. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's happening. But uh, I, I do think that that is part of the reason that their CEs this particular cycle have sold out so quickly is because they yes. really have added a whole bunch of extra value on there. Um, I know that there have been a lot of questions about whether Stern puts, uh, you know, n- enough into their highest value model to make mm-hmm. it worth buying. And I would say that's um, unequivocally no, especially when you compare it to what Jersey Jack is giving you in this case. I mean, is it worth twelve five? I don't know, but it's certainly trying. It's 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 making you question whether or not it is worth that, and and thinking that well, if I don't do this, I'm I'm losing out. I'd say all the companies, everybody from Spooky to um, to Stern to JJP, they've all tested that upper limit of where buyers are, or what buyers are prepared to pay for these things. I mean, certainly that Elvira, call it super limited or limited edition, was was that fifteen? Did they get yeah. up that high? Yeah, that was. The, so you got a piece so, of couch, so yeah, on. and and you got you know way less. Now it's it's a it's a it's a fantastic game and in its own measure, but. I mean, 15,000, Jesus. Um, But anyway, so I think there's certainly a lot of, you know, JJP is certainly showing a lot of value, you know, by selling their uh, their CE at 12.5. And you certainly feel like, I think, when you're you're looking at other units and for how much they've been sold for in the past that you're getting, you know, I hate to even say it, but you're getting 12.5 worth of value in a pinball machine. It sounds ridiculous, but uh, but based on what the market is prepared to pay and what people have paid in the past, I think they are showing that it can be done. So it'll be interesting to see what Stern does going forward. I mean, I, I you know, I, I think the bar is is there to keep people. They're going to keep going to that to that level. But I think now that JJP has 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 come back and and firmly taken the reins then on terms of what they're going to put in their games i got to think for other companies going forward that they've got to for that level of money they got to put that level of effort and uh and mechanisms and stuff in the game you know no, and I, I want them to. I mean, that that's the goal is that everybody gets moved up to the same level as JJP. And um, I just don't see how it's not going to happen if uh, JJP can produce this level of a game and they can get it to people and they can get it to them on time and reliably. It's going to be really tough to compete with them. And uh, other companies are going to have to step their game up, which... You know, maybe maybe Stern will stop thinking about what it can take out of games to to get it to the price they want and think about, well, what can we do to provide the level of games that people are expecting now? Isn't it a bit weird that in a year in 2020, in a year that's been so catastrophic for so many different reasons uh, around the world, that in the world of pinball, 2020 has been almost like a renaissance in some way right like the finally the hobby is elevating to the point where you know it's still got it's still got room to 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 go in terms of what we want to see in it but 
boy, there's been some good title releases this year. I mean, all of the companies have had, I would say, like A grade releases, you know, even even the folks over at American Pinball, for God's sakes. I mean, that Hot Wheels isn't a bad looking title. Yeah, people people like it. Um, I, I'm not going to say it's a, I'm not going to say it's a Guns N' Roses, but um, you know, people are stepping up their game all over the place. It's, uh, they've come a long way, you know. They've they've come they've come a long way, I'd say. And we're we're another pleasant surprise in a year that that could have been um, far far worse from in terms of what companies are uh, are offering. I mean, I'm even shocked that any of these guys are getting out. Based on what's going on in the world, it it amazes me that all these companies are functioning um, and are able to do what they're doing. So so bravo to them all that they're able to you know keep churning these things out and keep entertaining you know their their fans and hobbyists and collectors around the world. It's uh, it's a fun time. It's a it's a fun time. I I totally agree, and I think in some ways for uh, us hardcore <laughs> pinball enthusiasts, it's been a bit of a lifeline. Everything that's been going on in the world I know. gives you something else to think about. Um, you, you know, you got a million podcasts to listen to, including this one, and um, I think that has helped a ton to distract me from what's happening. Oh, and it's just, um, I, I think things are looking surprisingly great in pinball, and um, it's, it's been great to talk to you about uh, Guns and Roses. No, it's been fantastic, Ken, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come uh, come chat with me. I, I um, like I was saying to you, I, I thought it would be way more fun rather than me babble on for uh, for forty minutes uh, to myself to have someone else to share in the excitement and uh, and and who better than the guy that follows uh, JJP throughout the year? And so this is uh, this is an exciting time for you. This this is like the Olympics, isn't it? I mean, we we don't <laughs> they don't they wrote they don't release a lot, but when they do boy it's uh it's a fun time yeah and and let's hope that uh unlike the olympics it's the next release is not four years from now but um <laughs> yes please we'll wait and see please. like you know what one one a year is fine but but please not one every two or three years we need we need a little bit more than that right oh and there's one more question i gotta ask you ken before I, before i let you go which is the all-important question are you going to be buying a gnr in the future <sighs> Um, well, I think I think that question is still up in the air. Um, as I've said before, I'm not normally a new in box guy, which um, might you know be strange for some people. Um, I'm, I kind of like to be more of a value collector. I flip my games fairly frequently, and uh, I can't take, afford to take a big loss on a regular basis. But you know, I'll wait to see a little bit more about the gameplay and how it, how it looks. And, uh, you know, maybe this is a good time for an exception to that rule. I'm going to be extremely interested to play this game and see what it's like in uh, in person. And uh, it is certainly, you know, obviously it's quite, um, uh, I've, I've been quite open about my rationale for purchasing the Avengers. But I got to say, uh, like I was saying before, I was having some serious second thoughts about that choice after this game got released. And there's no doubt that for my second possible purchase, that this is has to be leading the way in terms of uh, what is going to interest me uh, for the second stage of my buying extravaganza. <laughs> I am. I'm hoping that. I'm hoping that every game people buy now is a subject of regret because the next game <laughs> is so much better than the one that they just bought. Because if it just keeps going that way, then hey, we're we're in good shape. We are in great shape. Well, thanks again, Ken. I really appreciate you uh, coming and chatting with me tonight. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I love that Ken Rudberg and chatting with him about GNR. And certainly since that conversation, I've noticed that there have been many strong takes on this reveal and on that live stream that Buffalo Pinball did on Wednesday night on YouTube. But one thing is for sure... Jersey Jack has created quite the pinball spectacle with their latest release of Guns N' Roses. Welcome to the jungle. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks Ken Rutberg for being my guest this week. And thanks as always to Zachary Menny and Dennis Creasel for all your support. For the Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. <laughs>